and by the year 2053, things got considerably worse. Protests became massacres, distant relatives became disowned relatives, and a lone, gory state of emergency hemorrhaged into the Second American Civil War. The lines drawn in American soil were now literal steel walls tangled with heat-seeking turrets and barbed wire glistening with the blood of kin. On one side of the divided states, the fiercely conservative founding party led by the indomitable President Trumbull. On the other, the ultra-progressive partisans who abandoned peace for cyber revolution. Dire times indeed. But that isn't why you're here, gentle, superficial listener. Yes, yes, support our troops, liberty and justice for all, of course, of course, but, but what of them, our icons, the affluent inner circle, the models, the celebrities, the trillionaires whose last names branded your favorite fashions? These soft, manicured hands, too pure for conflict, where would our vicarious escapees vicariously escape to during wartime? President Trumbull offered a solution. For a generous contribution to the East Coast Armed Forces, these charitable men and women could hide out abroad in hidden sanctuaries until this all blows over. Models, mobsters, and millionaires with impeccable pores and designer-bred talking dogs. They are the Loyalists, and this is the story of three brave soldiers sent to protect them. Sergeant Finth, you're late? Yes, I apologize. Safety protocol here is much tighter than I expected. I don't like it when people are late. Don't be late. They also refuse to disclose who you are or what this is about. Shh. I've followed the incident in Kansas City very closely. I see. Is there something you'd like me to clarify? Do you like a glass of water? All right, thank you. So, that looks in your step. You injured your foot during our maneuver in Missouri, correct? Yes, as I stated in my deposition, after the blast, I mean, I only had so much time to run before it. Tell me again. How many of our own died out there? Thirty-one. Yes. Not even a faction of the partisan casualties, and the panel found you innocent of all charges. Yes. Your current assignment, what, what do you see it again? I supervise a mess hall in the Pittsburgh sector. And do you find that satisfying? Why was I brought here? I've answered everything concerning the situation in Kansas City. I stand by the choice I made. That choice is the reason you're here. I, I want to offer you an opportunity. I'm sorry, but who are you? Do you miss your son? What? Do you miss your son? I haven't heard from or seen my son in years, and if he did try to contact me, I would have reported it to the ISA. Of course, Sergeant. Are you familiar with the loyalist mandate? I've seen the ads on Conklincast. Wealthy civilians can buy government protection and hide out in other countries. Yes. Secret sanctuaries in lavish locations abroad. Resorts luxury hotels and such. 
There's an opening in one security detail. And you want me there because of Kansas City? Because I made a difficult decision? Why? Answer this. Your mother is incapable of paying her rent this month. My mother died when I was 18. Just pretend. Your mother is incapable of paying her rent this month. She wants you to sell her diamond necklace. A family heirloom your mother has always loved. She has you take it to be appraised, and you find out that the diamond is actually a cubic zirconia of almost no value. What do you tell her? I would tell her the truth. The briefing is simple. You'll be relocating to a concealed loyalist sanctuary, a resort named Eden in Brazil. That's it? I don't understand this. You will fly out tomorrow morning with two other soldiers. You'll be second in command under a general named Ifrafa. Oh, and uh, Sergeant Finn, I'd prefer if you didn't correspond with your son about this. I told you I haven't heard from my son in years. Who are you? The Loyalists, Episode 1, Serpents in Eden. June 14th, 2053. Late again. We should have reached the Eden Sanctuary three days ago, but nearby partisan airstrikes left us grounded for a week. Being sidelined allowed me to become better acquainted with the two soldiers who would be working under me. Two distinctly different men. Good morning, Sergeant Finch and Maven Steinbach. You will be arriving in approximately 7 minutes and 23 seconds. Please remain seated while we approach our destination. Thank you, Turing. How are you feeling, Maven Steinbach? Hungover. And you, Sergeant Finch? How are you feeling? I'm fine, Turing. You can power down now. Safe landing, Sergeant Finch. What's up with Greenglass spending so much time in the cockpit? He's studying the briefing. Specialist Greenglass is intent on committing the resort's layout to memory. <laughs> are you serious? You do know Eden's defense schematics are on file as well, right? You might benefit from giving them a once-over before we land, Maven. I'll find a few seconds on this cushy assignment to get the hang of this no-tell hotel tech after I finish wiping some billionaire's ass. Maven Rodney Steinbach made our extended journey to South America feel that much longer with his constant stream of negativity, usually brought on by the flask he kept hidden in his duffel. Part of me hoped... What our tech lacked in enthusiasm, he'd make up for in dexterity, but it seemed unlikely. Besides, really, don't you find it sort of creepy? Find what sort of creepy, Steinbach? Him. Greenglass? How so? I mean, you're injured, and I was on the verge of discharge. Greenglass is like a model soldier. Handsome, strapping, annoyingly polite. You have to wonder how he fucked up. Maybe he's the best choice for the safety of the Loyalists. Yeah, right. We're losing up there. President Trumbull needs as many troops as we can right now killing partisans. Greenglass definitely fucked up. I bet he went nuts. 
a killing spree or came home and used his girlfriend as a punching bag. It would be best to keep thoughts like that to yourself. Oh, right, like you weren't thinking the same thing, Sarge. That after a few weeks in the jungle, he might go postal on us and, and just... do what? Do what, Maven Steinbach? Jesus, Greenglass. Eavesdrop much? I didn't mean anything. No, please continue. I'm curious, what is it that you think I'm capable of? Steinbach wasn't wrong. Specialist Declan Greenglass was an odd choice for this assignment. Young, able-bodied, and ambitious, Greenglass would be better utilized on the divided state's front line than guard duty in South America. Just that you'd, you know, be better off home than babysitting filthy rich celebrities? It was really a compliment more than anything. That's enough. Let's put this behind us and prepare for landing. We should be touching ground and... What the hell was that? Turing, what is going on? There's an active airborne detection drone that has identified us as a threat, Sergeant Finch. Threat? We're the ones that are being shipped down to protect them. Get General Ifrava. He's overseeing the resort's defenses. I am attempting communication, Sergeant Finch, but there is no response. It must be an old emissions drone devised to immobilize aircraft by disabling their navigation. They used to be scattered all over the Mason-Dixon. It seems to be functioning. Find the parachutes. Parachutes? You are seriously shitting me. I am not skydiving into the Amazon. Damn it, you two go. I'll stay behind with the pilot. No, ma'am, you must arrive here. I will remain. Specialist Greenglass, that's an order. Go. Look, I know what you... I know about the sacrifice you made in Kansas City, Sergeant. Eden will need your leadership. You will obey and accompany Maven Steinbach to the resort now. If you two lunatics are so intent on suicide, I'm sure the pilot wouldn't mind the other parachute. I was able to connect to the hotel's concierge, Miss Rosemary Collings. She deactivated the drone. Please be seated and prepare for landing. Thank you, Turing. Both of you sit. You and I are going to have a long chat about chain of command later, Specialist Greenglass. After my trial, I assumed that I would be spending the rest of the war serving creamed corn in the Pittsburgh sector, not tucked in the tropics, stationed at a loyalist sanctuary. Many didn't endorse President Trumbull's loyalist program, claiming it was discriminatory. Wealthy, true citizens of the founding party were encouraged to help reclaim the nation through generous contributions to the armed forces. Loyalists could purchase their escape with affluence while leaving everyone else behind. Freedom isn't free, but now for the right price, it could be bought. As we stepped off the aircraft, an old man in his 60s, wearing a shabby bellboy's uniform, awaited us on the airstrip. A lush jungle surrounded him. The wet heat was unbearable. <clears throat> Good afternoon, madam and sirs, proud protectors of our lovely, lucky loyalists. Welcome to Extraordinary Eden. I do hope your journey was as scenic as it was stupendous. Next to him stood a pursed-mouthed, red-haired woman in business attire. Her engraved name tag read Rosemary. She didn't bother to hide her disappointment. Oh, God. These are the replacements? I'm Sergeant Finch. We were told to report to a man named Afrafa. You're late, Sergeant. I'm aware. A number of circumstances beyond our control kept us delayed. Yeah, including your shipbox security system here that almost barbecued us. Since we are in the middle of a security crisis and we're expecting you over a week ago, that is not a shocking turn of events. But we're here now, Miss... Collings. Rosemary Collings. Principal concierge of the Eden Luxury Resort and Casino. A pleasure to meet you, Miss Collings. I'm Specialist Greenglass, and this is Maven Steinbach. Sergeant Fincher is overseeing this assignment. We're here to help. 
Will your bellhop be transporting our equipment to the security quarters in Eden? No. Excluding emergencies, military personnel are required to reside in the barracks and off the resort grounds at all times. Then why are you parading this old man around the jungle dressed like that? Arthur the Bellhop is the last remaining original staff member of the Eden Luxury Resort and Casino before its foreclosure in 2045. Why is he here? Arthur, tell this elite task force why you're here. Oh, oh, oh. thanks, sweets. I'm just here to tell you that you won't be needing any luggage. You want to know why? Do you? Huh? The sound of your voice makes me wish the plane had crashed. Because at Eden, all you have to bring is your love of everything. Eden is your all-inclusive, posh passport to a passionate paradise all from a palatial perspective. Enjoy your stay, and try not to disappear here. Can I go now? Yes. Young Alice has been lighting fires in the cabanas again. Please fumigate that mess before the general finds it. And where is Afrafa? General Afrafa is anxiously awaiting you in the lobby about Eve. Who is Eve? Eve is the key to Eden. And right now, the lock is jammed. Rosemary led us up an unmarked dirt path to the resort perimeters. A towering translucent blue shield encompassed the hotel. The shield walls emitted from an armored spire at the crest of the massive dome. Normally, its low hum would be comforting, but even the untrained eye could notice the slight flickering of holes from the shield's damage. Eve, this is Rosemary. Eve? Eve, the resort's AI still isn't responding. I'll have to get you all authorized and in the system later. For now, just follow closely through the courtyard and please do not touch anything. Over there! Jesus, is this an ambush? No, wait, wait, stop! Sergeant, stay behind me! Sergeant! When I came to in the courtyard, Specialist Greenglass was kneeling next to me checking for a pulse. Assertive instinct without losing his tact, he seemed the consummate soldier. Sergeant Finch. Sergeant Finch. Is she dead? She looks dead. <coughs> She's alive. I'm, I'm fine. Was anyone hit? No, it was a false alarm. I know what gunshots sound like. Yes, those were real gunshots, but nothing threatening. That was Loyalist Treadway. Travis Treadway? The Southern rock star? Yes, him. As part of his agreed-upon conditions as a Loyalist, Treadway's permitted to use a portion of the resort's inhospitable areas to hunt game. It sounded like it was an elephant. It probably was at one point. Loyalist Treadway was shipped here with a personal genetically modified menagerie, it's an undertaking, but we like to make our guests feel as at home as possible. Good, because I didn't sign up for shoveling elephant shit. The greater concern is with this panic attack. Are they a frequent thing with you, Sergeant Finch? No, I just, uh, I just lost myself for a moment. Well, hopefully you'll be able to find yourself quicker should an actual threat ever come knocking. Greenglass seemed the consummate soldier until I heard how easy it was for him to lie. Sergeant Finch has been sick. Malaria as soon as we started south, and she's only began recovering a few days ago. Wait, what? I don't remember this. 
Because you were intoxicated through it all, Maven Steinbach. Oh. Right. The intense heat must have caused her to faint. Malaria? That's unusual, but infectious, not contagious. I assure you we are more than capable of protecting you and your guests. At least you appear more capable than your companions, Mr. Greenglass. We should continue. There's much to be done. Will you be okay, Sergeant? Yes, thanks. Just help me up. Inside, Eden was a fitting hideaway for the Loyalists. A private hotel before the Founders' Purchase, the flying buttresses and opulent fountains of the lobby were designed to welcome aristocracy. But after the war began, it had fallen into disarray. Vines choked the outside walls and the marble fountains were cracked and dry. Not even Eden could avoid the plight of the outside world. Awaiting support. Overcapacity. Awaiting support. Overcapacity. Error. Casino offline. Gym offline. Pool offline. Awaiting support. Overcapacity. Please enjoy your stay at the Eden Luxury Resort and Casino. God damn it, Eve. Just shut the fuck up. Verified. General Donald Efrafa, age 56. Weight, 247. Onset of diabetes. I command you to stay muted. Mrs. Chris, find a way to calm down your dog. This noise is creating unacceptable living conditions for such a delicate breed. I would rather not have to contact President Trumbull about this, but you are leaving me with little recourse. Why, my, my jocka barely finished her morning croissant. There's no need for that, Mrs. Chris. We have additional security and tech support arriving any second now. Your needs are, as always, of the utmost priority. Gone! Gone! Jocka! Jaka, come back to mommy this instant! Rosie, just give me some good news. Your soldiers have arrived, General Afrafa. They're waiting by the entrance. Finally! Was there a layover in New Tokyo? <laughs> Soon enough it will be, Jaka, darling. All of it and all of us. Rosie, would you chaperone that yapping bitch and her yapping bitch back to their room? Uh, Mrs. Crisp, let's take you away from this commotion. I'll have your afternoon cocktail brought to your suite. And one for Jocka, too. Poppy Pickle misses her father Richard almost as much as I do. Isn't that right, baby? Dead! 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 Stop that! He's not dead. Right, Miss Collings? Tell Jocka her daddy isn't dead. I am certain Mr. Crisp will be strutting back any day now, shall we? Oh, and, and Rosie? Yes, General? Meet me in your room afterwards. There's something we need to discuss. Of course, General. Verified. General Donald Efrafa. Age 56. Weight 247. Onset of diabetes with symptoms including inflammation and a urinary tract infection. Quiet! That can affect one or both kidneys, Not including- a shred of solitude to be found here. Finally. You three certainly took your sweet-ass time. I'm Sergeant Finch. My apologies for the delay. We encountered some turbulence. I can't even pretend to give a damn about your joyride. 
I avoided two brigades of partisans and a swarm of trigger-happy cartel enforcers on my transfer here. And don't even get me started on the... What the fuck's wrong with your foot? Excuse me, sir. Excuse me nothing. Are you not limping? Injured in combat, sir. Of course. They love to stick us with the leftovers. One of you had better be a technician. That's me. Me, sir. Control room is top floor. Elevators are out, so start your climb. You don't leave, not to eat, sleep, or piss until Eve's internal programming is repaired, updated, and back safe streaming. Yes, sir. Yes. No, sir. Ever. Casino offline. Gym offline. Pool offline. Don't forget, tonight is adults only in the Satin Lizard nightclub. The Satin Lizard? Any chance it'll be an open bar? Stay away from the lounge and go. No eye contact with anyone. Sir, yes, sir. So you're the sergeant he picked for us? Yes, sir. Good God. And that tech was a short guy, too. But you, varsity boy, you seem rugged enough. State your rank. Green glass. Specialist Declan, sir. Have that right off the assembly line tone, too. Cicero could use your assistance. Who is this I'm looking for, and what does he want? You're in for a treat. Remember Polly, the matador Cicero? Messy mob trial over Conglomcast years back? Well, rumors of his incarceration were greatly exaggerated. I know who he is. Good for you. President Trombal exonerated Cicero. No, he's an upstanding member of our loyalist community. As for what he wants, I'm positive he'll make that clear once you've met him. Yes, sir. In our detail layout, the golf course entrance was uh, right beside the pool. There's a shortcut through the western wing, correct? Wait, wait, what? No, no, never. I'm sorry? The western wing of the resort is always off limits to anyone and everyone. Loyalists, staff, even me. The entire wing? Yes. Cut through the pool. And if you see the Bryson twins are in hydro meditation, you are not to engage those girls in conversation. You two have a lot of lost time to make up for. You disappoint the loyalist, you disappoint me. Faded nautical paintings lined the hallway that led past the pool area. We passed the restricted western wing, its access blocked only by a velvet rope hung between two gold stanchions. Beyond the rope, a young girl glared with suspicion. What is your impression of General Frafa? My impression is that I'm not impressed. I've served under superiors like him before. Derision like that creates a weak chain of command. He does exert a specific method of control. Do you feel we'll be able to appeal Stop. to- Stop. Greenglass. You shouldn't have done that. Done what, Sergeant? Out in the courtyard after the gunfire. Why did you lie about me being sick with malaria? I was protecting you. From what? Yourself. I don't need protecting, and I don't like liars. Permission to speak freely, ma'am. Granted. I was protecting your secret. I seen the rock. 
What are you talking about? During our delay at the coastal strongholds, you were sleeping and I noticed fresh blood on your sock. I assumed a weeping wound, but discovered the jagged pebble you kept in your left boot, presumably to maintain the charade of your alleged injury. You... You had no right prying like that. It was an act of concern. Much like your informal inspection of Maven Steinbach's duffel bag and the liquor hoarded in there. Let me remind you yet again who the senior officer is here, Specialist Greenglass. You're upset, but you needn't be. Suffice to say, whatever reasons you have for the deception, they are safe with me. Sometimes a lie is necessary for survival in our line of work. I never intended on and don't enjoy secrecy. Secrecy always leads to bad things. My injury... It's complicated, and I... Sergeant Finch, you will find I'm an exceptional judge of character, just as I know that you're a competent leader. I also know that a man like Afrafa sniffs out weakness and bullies it into submission. He would not be accepting of an injured soldier who is also prone to bouts of trauma. I suppose you're looking for a thank you. No. The man we're meeting, Paul Cicero, he is a manipulative felon and a multiple murderer. These loyalists may end up being as dangerous as the forces we're tasked with protecting them from. You can thank me with trust. Greenglass was right about secrets and lies. Everyone everywhere has a secret, and our rich refugees were no exception. We would soon discover that bloodshed and bombings weren't the only thing the Loyalists were hiding from. Password accepted. Accessing archives. President Douglas Trumbull. My fellow founders, this crisis can no longer be averted. The time for deliberation has ended. A reclamation must begin. So our foundations can be rebuilt and reborn. The terrorist partisan movement that seeks to divide us will be thwarted. Those who have brought impoverishment and corrosion to our culture will be held accountable. We will not stand while chaos is misrepresented as freedom. Our great country will not be undone by those who... As freedom, our great country will not be undone by... The vicious, senseless assassination of Vice President Beauregard Hedge will not go unpunished. There will be no more refuge for our former brothers and sisters, traitors, who have relinquished stability for a fanatical, misleading subculture... The Loyalist Mandate was commissioned to reward those selfless enough to put the security of our nation over their own. Your contribution will aid our servicemen and women in the long journey to reclaim the founding morals, beliefs, and customs that this country was founded upon. This is a call to arms. Those of you with an elevated income have a responsibility to our boys. We encourage all walks of prominence to donate and benefit from the many advantages of being a loyalist. I'm President Douglas Trumbull. Stay loyal, stay safe, and stay American. File corrupted, deleted. Bada-bing! Look at that! Razor sharp, slicing right through that muggy air. Hope it puts a dent in some native's head. <laughs> Set me up another one, Angie. You sticking with the nine-iron, baby? Surprise me and we'll assess my compatibility. 
Pauly Cicero presented himself as every mobster cliché you'd gleaned from watching old movies. And for a while there, he almost had me fooled into believing that's all there was to him. Mr. Cicero. Looky here. The new Renacops have finally arrived. Your canoe tip over or something? I'm Sergeant Finch, and this is... Something screwy with your leg there, toots? General Ifrafa said you needed assistance with something. So General Sassafras is too good for me now. Or did the big palooka send you to be the harbinger of bad news? Because both you and Handsome Dan over there have empty hands. I see. What was it you needed? You know, I don't think this is something I should be discussing with you, uh, Mrs. Flinch. Sergeant Finch. Whatever. And I don't appreciate the dagger eyes, Capiche? I know what that means. You look at me, lady cop, and you see the bad guy, right? The reviled racketeer. You could say it ain't nothing I ain't heard before. What sort of terribleness do you associate with me? Go ahead. You're the one with the gun now. Give me the crust. We are just here to be of service, Loyalist Cicero. We didn't intend any disrespect. Shut up. Nothing flinchy? Come on, this ain't a mug anybody forgets. Spit something, anything out of that scowl. We'd be more than happy to retrieve whatever you it is you... You betrayed the four families. Ah. Uh-huh. There it is. Set me up another one, baby. I will stick with the nine iron. Okay, baby. You make it sound so simple, so black and white, like I rolled over one morning, took a dump, and decided to fink my friend's family and heritage so I could flee here to swap mosquitoes and drink mojitos with the creepy sitcom sisters and that wackadoo widow with a talking dog. But the truth is a fuzzy thing when it comes to your President Trumbull, ain't it? Thousands dead, economic collapse, and who does he call on? Not his cronies, no, no. He calls on me, the working man who gets his hands dirty without hiding behind a diploma. Never mind that President Dick Cheese has been bilking the country since the first suburb went kablooey. If I can give him the four families, all that blood money would put pins and grenades so heroes like you can toss them into partisan cribs. Then I get to pass, go, and collect $200 and end of story, right? So let me get this right. You're really, let's see now, the underdog, the victim, the misunderstood anti-hero. You couldn't possibly just be a war profiteer with a guilty conscience, right? Sergeant, please. I'm a businessman. Forgive her, Mr. Cicero. We've had a prolonged journey a here. A businessman, same as the president, same as your Welch general who has this jungle by the balls, banging that ginger minge rosemary and commiserating with the cartels. We're all crooks, only I've got the sack to admit it. How forthright of you. You better get something straight real quick, sister. This ain't martial law. I purchased your protection, not your judgment. We are the pearls, and it's your job to keep this... Oyster shiny and shut tight. You got that? Perfectly. Unlike some, it isn't in my nature to uh, double-cross others. Oh, keep sassing me, Cripple. I'll put this nine-iron to good use. Anything else I can do for you today, Loyalist Cicero? Yeah, you can tell Ifrafa if he doesn't have what he owes me by tomorrow, I will bury him by the 18th hole. Ciao! Grab the bag, Angie! He didn't seem to take to us very positively. Specialist green glass. I don't care what the hell you found in my boot. Pardon me, Sergeant? You heard me. Undermine my authority ever again, and I'll relieve you of duty and send you back to the divided states. Ma'am, he was trying to provoke you. Enough! Right now, I want you to compose for me an outline of the perimeter detailing every flicker in the resort's shield. I will confer with Maven Steinbach, and you will meet us in the barracks tonight with your results. Are we clear? Yes, ma'am. Through a glass window in the Satin Lizard Lounge, I found what I was hoping I wouldn't. 
Maven Steinbach sitting alone at the bar with a bottle of whiskey he'd helped himself to. You shouldn't be in here. How did things fare in the control room? Well, I was able to shut Eve up, as you've probably noticed. She's still babbling, you just can't hear her. How long will it be before you have it up and running again? <laughs> You're funny. Is that an answer? There is no answer. Explain to me exactly what that means. All right, perfect example. You know when someone says to you, hey, you're in my dream last night, and you say, oh yeah, how so? With the hopes that it gets real sexual real fast. But then they proceed to ramble on endlessly about animals and people and places you don't know or care about. Dull, pointless randomness till it gets to the point where you no longer give a shit about when you'll be showing up in the story. You'd do anything if this person would just stop talking? No. Well, that's what this EVE operating system looks like. A bunch of archaic equipment conjoined with contemporary patches and updates, both of them rejecting each other like a warm front meeting a cold front. And don't get me started on the control room itself. Wires everywhere, out of the walls, dangling from the ceiling. It's a miracle it's still functional. So what you're saying is you won't be able to repair it? May I be blunt with you, Sarge? I believe we crossed that bridge a while ago, Rodney. I barely made it through community college before I joined the core tech program, okay? Once I did, my obligations were limited to running field zone scans from inside a bunker. I came here expecting to repair espresso machines, not reconfigure Fantasy Island. Sorry to break this to you, but I'm just the guy who jiggles the light switch. Finish your drink. What? Finish it. Okay. That all of it? Yeah. Hope you enjoyed it, because it's the last drop you'll be having here. Now gather every piece of information available on this EVE system. I don't care if it's a mountain of instruction manuals printed in Latin or Braille. Study them until you finish what the general tasked you to do. You're really not comprehending what I'm saying here. There is no foreseeable departure date, Maven Steinbach. This is not spring break in the Miami ruins. We have been assigned here by the president himself to safeguard these people from enemies that want to watch them burn. If a flawed program that can't be controlled is the only thing keeping the shields up, that is a crucial security breach that must be remedied at all costs. Get it? What the hell is going on here? As he stormed into the lounge, it was obvious why General Efrafa had asked Rosemary to meet him in her room. His hair was tussled and sweaty, his shirt was untucked, and the scent of Rosemary's perfume was all over him. I warn you that the Satin Lizard Lounge was off limits. Wait, have you been drinking? He was just briefing me on the details of the malfunctioning security network. He's disobeying a direct order. In all fairness, disobeying direct orders is somehow what earned me reservations here. God damn it. This is what I'm sent. A gimp and a drunk. The only one of you three handouts that seems to be worth a damn is that haircut green, uh, green glass. It's green glass. Just like this depressingly empty whiskey bottle. If you don't have Eve's interface ladylike and obedient by morning, I'll have you ladylike and obedient in a maid's dress handling housekeeping. Do you understand? Oh, yeah. Sure. Did you just spit? That's it. Out. Get out. I have no need for you. Fly your intelligent, lazy ass back to Fort Francis 
and tell your commanding officer what an ins insubordinate dipshit you are. As for you, Finch, I'm this close to sending you home with that waste. Sir, why? I heard about your episode with the gunfire out there. There's not enough time in the day to nanny the loyalist and pamper your PTSD. Greenglass will now be supervising this assignment and you. What? With all due respect, Greenglass isn't qualified yet to... He doesn't faint at the sound of bullets. From here on, you report to him and he reports to me. The less I see of your homely face, the better. You're dismissed. Go. Yes, sir. General Ifrafa was an asshole. But in a world at war, second chances are an endangered species. Three years of war had cost me my marriage, my reputation, and my only child. Another three and there would likely be nothing left for anyone else in this world either. I had nowhere left to run. Hello, Sergeant. Welcome to the resort barracks. Would you like me to administer a muscle relaxant or brew some coffee? Not now, Turing. Yes, ma'am. Down the hallway, Steinbach was sitting on the edge of his cot. He no longer felt the need to conceal his flask. So I got bored and installed Turing. I noticed. Listen, Steinbach, for whatever good it'll do you, I'll try to dissuade Efrafa in the morning. And why would you do that? Because with you gone, I'm left with Efrafa and Greenglass, and I'm liking those odds less and less. I can't leave anyway. Turing informed me that leaving at night is prohibited. Too dangerous. That is correct, Maven. I have been advised by Eve, the Eden AI, that it is not permitted to depart after sunset due to possible partisan attacks. Partisans are down here? In South America? Yeah, so says Eve. She's a gibbering mess right now. <laughs> Nothing she says means anything, and God help them if she has any control over their defenses. Turing, what about these partisan attacks? There have been two attacks at neighboring villages. Three deaths. General Ephrafa believes it was partisans. Why does he think it was partisans? According to General Ephrafa's accessible security logs, he suspects partisan involvement because of the caliber and quality of weapons used. How does he know that they weren't cartel-related? The founding party has an arrangement with the ruling Brazilian cartel families. Come on. What the hell would the parties be doing all the way out here in the jungle? To kill off the loyalists, stop the flow of money. Hasn't Trumbull squeezed them for every penny yet? Loyalists are on a payment plan. If the funding stopped, President Trumbull wouldn't continue to care for these people or keep this place running. Running? This place is mid-death rattle. It could be a small partisan assassin squad. They have reconnaissance scattered all over the lower hemisphere. We have to be on alert. Why didn't Ifrafa tell us this? Seems kind of important. Ifrafa has his own way of handling things here. We can approach him about it in the morning, get some sleep. Right. Night. And Sarge? Yes? I, um, just, you know, thanks. Why weren't we briefed before arrival about potential partisan activity around Eden? Even the urgency for the location's secrecy would be of lesser importance than giving us a tactical advantage. I walked to Greenglass's quarters for his shield outline. He wasn't there. Turing, safe link to the resort and have Specialist Greenglass make his way down here to the barracks. I'm sorry, ma'am. I cannot locate Specialist Greenglass. Eve is non-responsive. Damn it. 
Would you like a stress seminar before you rest, Sergeant? Or perhaps should I administer a sedative? No, just have the window open in my quarters. I lay in my cot and listened. I could hear the river passing by. I thought about the crocodiles that live there, unblinking on the lightless riverbed waiting for prey. In the distance, I heard an animal scream, sudden and short, then only the low hum of Eden's punctured shield. When I fell asleep, I dreamt about a hunting trip my father and I took when I was a child. He shot a 12-point buck and had me field dress it there in the forest where it died. But when I reached into the carcass to pull out the organs, the deer was empty. Then I slept dreamlessly. Sergeant Finch, wake up. Turn up the lights, Turing. What? What? Greenglass? What time is it? It's early. 0500. We should hurry. What is going on? General Frafa, he's dead. What? How? Murdered. In the lobby. The sun had barely risen. I quickly threw on my boots and utes and holstered my gun. Greenglass silently led the way up the path. The wind whistling, the shields hum, and the cicadas became white noise to me. All that mattered was what awaited in the lobby. Good God! Good God! The pure savagery! Why? Why? I don't know. I, I don't understand what is happening. Gone! 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 Chaka, get away from it! Where is he? You! There you are! There are devils among us! Monsters with the faces of men! Gone! Dead! Gone! How are you supposed to protect us if you can't even protect yourselves? Look at him! Look at what's left of him! Show me. My eyes can't bear the state of that whore again. Over there by reception. That's all they left of him. General Ifrafa's eye sockets were empty and ears removed. His chest cavity was hollowed out and neatly pried open in an almost ritualistic manner. Inside, the shimmer of scales. A snake. The corpse was still warm when I found it, ma'am. Inside, it's... It's an Ouroboros, representing the partisan coat of arms. The dead snake was a constrictor, coiled with its tail firmly packed into its jaw, meant to mimic the partisan emblem. The message was explicit and ugly. Serpents in Eden, devouring themselves. Everything was fine. He and I were a team. We had things under control. I keep them happy, and he keeps them safe. Then you bring this with you. Why? I is this a message to, to threaten us? Are you three partisans? Miss Collins, try to remain calm. Rosemary was wrong. This wasn't a warning or a threat. This was a promise. A promise that there is no escape. For all I have done, there is no escape for me, and I would always be running. Rosemary, accompany Mrs. Crisp back to her suite. What? But what of my safety? This is supposed to be a sanctuary. Knock it off. Rosemary, lock the door behind you. Stay with her until further notice and keep the dog quiet. Ma'am, would you like to have Turing contact Fort Francis and await our contingency orders? Ma'am? No, that won't be necessary. I'm going to detain Polly Cicero in the barracks for interrogation. As for you? Yes? 
Lock down the resort. Nobody gets in or out until further notice. I'm enacting martial law. We are the contingency, Specialist Greenglass. Eden is now under my control. The Loyalists was written by Colin Daring and Ryan Adair. Directed by Colin Daring, edited by Christina Hallren, recorded by Seth Hackett, produced by Colin Daring, Christina Hallren, and Brian Bernard. Music was composed and performed by Jake Hall. Cast in order of appearance, Justin Dre as The Lisping Man, Lisa Goodman as Finch, Alex Denny as Turing and Polly, Brian Bernard as Steinbeck, Marcus Wayne as Greenglass, John Corrigan as The Bellhop, Sierra Marks as Rosemary and Angelina, Francesca Reggio as Eve, William Attaway as Ephrafa, Courtney Blackman as Jaka, Ginger Greenspun as Mrs. Crisp, and John Rail as President Trumbull. Narration by Matthew David. Thank you for listening, and tune in next time as the mysteries of Eden continue to unfold.